Hello, this is Ruslan Malinovsky. Hello, this is Roman Yeremchuk. Hello, I'm Sergey Rebro. And you're listening to Ukraine Plus Football. He's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading east, he's heading football's heading east. Hello everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Ukraine Plus Football Podcast, the number one podcast on Ukrainian football brought to you in English language. I'm your host Adam from Ukrafot24 and as always I'm joined by my excellent two co-hosts, Ray. Ray, good evening mate, how you doing? Hello guys, <laughs> but I'm excited because Avalon is uh, number three in uh, Persia Liga table after the weekend and just to let you know, we are <laughs> we are there and uh, for the rest of the night so we will be talking premier league and there are some some issues and some good uh, twists of the tale which took place recently so stay tuned definitely always good to have you with us mate and as always whisked himself back from uh bus at the weekend uh Mr. Zori London, Sandro. Evening, mate. Have you recovered from the train trip? Yeah, not really. It's been a very busy weekend for me. And now I'm back. I've been editing things, been recording things, going to training sessions like Shakhtaris. Yeah, it's just non-stop at the moment. And more travelling later on this week when I'm off to Roma versus Zoria in Zaporizhia. No rest for the wicked. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you hear any snoring, it just means Andrew's forgot to turn off his microphone tonight. <laughs> And in honour of his trip to the, the highlight game of the Persia division so far this season, we're going to have a little look out east, discuss what's going on in the beautiful city of Kharkiv with the, the resurgence of Kharkiv football over the last few years. And as always, who else would we welcome but our Kharkiv expert, Neil. Evening, mate. How you Evening. doing? Uh, not too bad, thanks. Thanks for having me on again. It's always fun to come and have a chat about what's going on in Harkiv with you. So ah. thanks for thanks for inviting me again. Uh, you give us all the inside scoops. We need, we, we need you. We really do. <laughs> You've given us some great, great stuff over the last couple of years, few seasons. So it's always good to have you back and looking forward to this one. As I say, Andrew was, was at the, the game providing some great, the great feedback from it and just generally from uh, Krivy Rig on this trip. Andrew, how, how did it all go and how good is Metalist looking now this season? I'd say it's a bit less than Metalist looking good. It's more everyone else is probably inferior to them. They've got all the money, they've got the good players and they're just the level above everyone else really. Krivilich, obviously, their closest challengers in that division and you know, look like men against boys really, especially in the second half when Metalist scored four goals. Yes, Krivbas had a man sent off, which I think is like the eighth, ninth consecutive game of the season where Metalist have had a red card given against them or for them, however you're meant to say that. <laughs> but yeah, it was very atmospheric. Probably one of the best games between the best two sets of fans you can go to in Ukraine. Full stadium at the Hironik. 2k plus despite the fact that we've gone into yellow zone 
across the country. But yeah, really enjoyable. More off the scene, off the pitch scenes, really. The football was okay, but, you know, when it's 5-0 on that one-sided, it's good to always see some pyro smoke and the rest. And Klivirik isn't a too bad city itself. Very underrated, and I'd recommend anyone, if you ever get the chance, go there. Hidden gem. Really is, really is. Uh, what was your take on sort of the organisation down there? Do you reckon, you know, are the hosts looking ready for welcoming the UPL next year or have they still got some work to do? And also, how's the refurb going? Well, their current Hidnik Stadium's doing okay. I think they're carrying on building another stand there, but the main stadium is underway and there's the aim for next summer. So we'll see if that is achievable. Who knows? But yeah, they're marketing-wise, just the way that they behave themselves, branding, everything else, fan shop, it's a level above more or less every other club in the UPL, probably, other than maybe Shakhtar. So, and Uruk are doing quite well, but still, I don't know how easy it is to buy a shirt from them. So, you know, can't can't be putting <laughs> that too much. But yeah, they're they're certainly up there. And I think once they come into the into the UPL, they'll probably be challenging for that for those top five spaces. You know, a Coloss type vibe. Ah, it's good to hear. Yeah, we'll have a discussion about Rook's marketing a little bit later on tonight. But I mean, Neil, what's what's been the sort of general vibe this season in Harkiv between the between the two clubs, are you moving across from 1925 yet? Like some no. of the other supporters, no, no, staying no. loyal. I'm staying loyal. I'm staying loyal. <laughs> it's a it's a little bit strange still. Um, and I think I was saying to the lads from Dynamo abroad a couple of weeks ago that there seems to be quite a bit of pressure on journalists who are close to my M 1925 to stop being so actively supportive of 1925 and move on to get behind the Yaroslavsky medalist, really. Um, but no, I'll, I'll go stay loyal to them. I, I take an interest in what the other medalists do, obviously, and some of the signings have really sort of captured the imagination, obviously, in that league. Obviously, as um, Andrew was saying, there's a, it's always a little bit dodgy, though, isn't there? There seems to be a penalty in a sending off nearly every game, which, you know, a couple of clubs have commented on, Obelon being one of them. And one of the things I would say, though, is that we're sort of talking like Metalist and Krivbath are the two teams that are coming up, but let's not rule out Obelon. I think they've really started to improve as the season's gone on uh, in the game, Krivbath Metalist. I thought Krivbath looked really good in the first half, but then... The second half, they fell away, but they've had a couple of games that where they've looked a bit dodgy, whereas Oblon, to me, seem to have improved week on week. And if um, not that I'd be telling people to skive off on a Friday, but on Friday is um, Oblon against Krivbass, so if you can get off work, I'd really suggest you get off work to watch that. So, but yeah, it's, it's all going well. I mean, every, I mean, most people are getting behind. The, I keep calling them the Yaroslavsky medalist because he's sort of front and centre of everything, of everything that happens there. But 1925 still getting very good crowds as mm-hmm. well. Um, so it seems like the town's big enough for the both of them, whether it will be always big enough for the both of them remains to be seen though. I mean, how happy have you been with M1925 start to the season? We were all sort of expecting them to struggle and they're, they're really holding their own. Oh, uh, yeah, really happy with it. Uh, I mean, they've lost to the teams that you'd expect them to lose to. Like, obviously, Dinamo 
Shakhtar, Nipro, Vorskla were the ones they lost to, but, you know, wins against Chernomites and Rook. Losing to Colos was at, near the start of the season. I thought, oh dear, we're really going to struggle because I don't think Colos looked like the team they were. And also going forward, Metalist, they were even dodgy in the Persia Liga, let's be honest. Um, but then, you know, losing Ponomar and Derek to um, injuries and having to bring Marlison in, he scored yesterday. So he's he's kind of coming into his own a little bit now. But yeah, really happy. Ninth, I think, was above what most people would have expected. The t- other teams that are worse than them are the ones you'd expect to be worse than them. Also, Mariupol and Chordon and Moritz don't look great. So I think, unless it's decided by stuff off the pitch, I think that 1925 should be comfortable this season. And that's basically what they would have liked. I mean, it's not a massive budget they have. And so I think they're doing as well as they could be doing, especially with Metalist, the cloud of Metalist on their shoulder just behind them as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's all credit and fantastic result at the weekend. Uh, I mean, how shocked were you that <laughs> get the three points against the Desna team? That actually looked like they got over their hump and then you go and beat them 2-1. Well, I mean, they scored in the first minute. And at that point, I was thinking I might just uh, go out or <laughs> catch up on uh, come down with me or something. But um, I'm glad I stuck with it. And, you know, it, it did look really good going forward. Uh, Marlison Kravchenko played really well. I thought Dimitro Kriskiv, who's on loan from Shakhtar, he looked mm-hmm. really great in midfield. So, yeah, I, I mean, it was a great performance, but it's, it's how I expect, I think, this... Certain teams they'll beat, certain teams that, you know, they can get a result against and then probably the top four, they're just going to go and try and damage limitation, which we saw against Shakhtar and Dinamo, where you could have... I mean, I wish I'd put money on it being 2-0 in both games because it was those sort of games where you knew that Dinamo and Shakhtar weren't going to um, push too hard but do enough to beat them, really, and they were going to sit back and take it. So, yeah, but... Sat, really satisfied and it's it is about managing the season isn't it and not going pushing too far trying to beat Shakhtar away because you're probably not going to do it with that exactly team. exactly we've seen it time time again across the leagues you know pick your points get the victories where you're going to get them and, and can get them and make sure there's another season because I mean it's the thing that excites me, the potential for a Harkiv Derby next season in the UPR, which would be a brilliant thing for the city. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> but let's see what. Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was good enough even, you know, in the Persia Liga when 1925 played Nipra 1 or Nipra Dean, however you want to call them. Thanks to Nipra in 1925 when they had a derby in the Persia Liga. That was fantastic. So God knows what to expect when... Uh, if the derby against with two Harkiv teams in the top division does happen, although a lot of people won't know which team to support, I, think, I suspect. <laughs> I mean, uh, just everyone will be in the stadium shouting whatever they're told to shout. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> so I think we know. Did I save that today. live on air? Normally, <laughs> <laughs> if you get a knock on the door in the night, and there's a bold man there, you'll know what's happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, his, his pictures are up all over the city anyway, so I know what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> he walks around with his arms in the air holding a scarf, it seems, as well, so it's quite easy to spot. <laughs> he is, he is, he is. Oh, well, moving on, I mean, it's uh, 
here, here we are. We're, we're talking about medalists, but we've got the first Klasichny of the of the league season. Drop the league in there, of course. Coming up this weekend, uh, Dinamo hosting Shakhtar. I'm, if, if I'm right, Dinamo are going to be hosting Shakhtar at the stadium, which isn't their official home stadium this season. And it's uh, so it's all a bit perverse, but uh, they had the warm up for it last week with the postponed Super Cup. Uh, but Andrew watched that for us. What was, was it really such a golfing class in the match? And is there any way Dinamo can look to, to win the game next weekend? So I think it's quite difficult to assess the quality of both sides in that game. De Zerbi was a lot more motivated in that one compared to Luchescu because I think Luchescu is very much prioritising the Champions League against Bayern and then this big UPL clash, which he knows that if they get the upper hand in, they'll have a six-point lead on Shakhtar. So that'll be a big boost. You could see it just as they went like 3-0 down and it was quite early on in the Second half, Luchescu was throwing off um, players left, right and centre with the subs. And he was like, oh, well, who cares? Because at the end of the day, yeah, they won the treble last year, Dinamo, but the Super Cup is seen as a bit of a Mickey Mouse trophy, as it is in every single country across the world. So I don't really see what the point of it is in the grand scheme of things, other than sort of a curtain raiser. And the fact that it was postponed till like a third way into the season or however it is, was just a bit fine. We'll get another Klasichner in. But seeing as we've had so many of those clashes over the past few years when, you know, the UPL had those four four rounds where everyone played each other again and again and again, it slightly lost its touch. But it wasn't really a golfing class. It was more the fact that Shakhtar finished their opportunities and Dinamo didn't. So Shakhtar were playing well on the counter, finishing everything they got. And then Dinamo were just pretty wasteful slash couldn't really get anything on their on target or anything like that or trouble Piatov. We'll see how it is this weekend. I think Dinamo will be a bit more up for it. So Luchescu, so hopefully a bit more of an even game. And as usual, could see a draw happening in that one for whatever reason. You're going for a draw, are you? Neither the Church of the Zerbi or the Church of Luchescu is going to prevail at the weekend. Hey, Ray, how do you see it going? I saw Dinamo playing in uh, attacking football and trying to get the ball into possession, which obviously ended up in a nightmare. So they, we won't be seeing that again, that's for sure. Uh, as they play under Luchescu, we know it's quite common to uh, use this um, counter-attacking football with uh, uh, less possession and uh, you, they have to score an early goal. And Supraga did not. That's, and that's the outcome for them. And if they don't score, score a fast goal, they're in real trouble. And we've talked plenty about it last year. And... Uh, what to expect further on? Obviously, they're going to play their favorite football after the Super Cup, and they are going to face Bayern Munich. Yes, 1999 vibes over here. And uh, <laughs> I believe that last time they played them, they've beaten them in 2000. 2 0 in Kiev, two Georgian players scored. <laughs> right? And uh, some, some people are actually cons- uh, considered adults, the ones who were born through that uh, match. So, you know, anyway. Fun fact, uh, in terms of uh, Klasichne, yeah, definitely not going to show us anything we've seen in Super Cup. 
it's going to be a completely different game and uh, I expect Shakhtar to win. You do. Got asked the question. Supriaga, where's he come from? <laughs> the last couple, <laughs> couple of games. Seriously, I thought that was the last we'd ever seen of him and now he's I starting well. week in, week out. What's, what's, what's it yeah. doing on Luchescu's head? Oh, and and he's playing on his own up front as well. I might annoy annoy some people on Twitter, but Harmash as well seems to be uh, coming into his own a little bit there. <laughs> I, I mean, it's in all seriousness, though, does that sum up the problem facing Dinamo when uh, it's a tussle between Harmash and Supriaga for who's going to be starting up at the top of the field? And it really does highlight that the paucity of attacking options. The Bayern match is actually the one-year anniversary since Supriaga last scored a goal in a competitive game for Dinamo. So that, I think, says everything. Yeah, mark, mark it in your diary, guys. Mark it in your diary. He's going to get a hat-trick, isn't he, <laughs> on uh, Wednesday night, isn't it, in, in Germany? Does anybody see Dinamo getting a goal over there? No. Nope. No. <laughs> Ray's, Ray's put it in the yeah put it down months ago that there'll be a zero in the four column after all six matches so there's no point even going there but it's a it's a no 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 I don't know I think they could, you know Benfica um, they could get something at Benfica Barcelona look poor I'm trying to be I'm trying to be optimistic because I'm sure you have lots of Dynamo listeners and I don't want to. Send them away depressed after listening to this. Or you did have after this, to be honest. <laughs> did have before this episode. Should we say? I was having a look through their recent fixtures just before we came on air, and they've scored one goal from open play in their last four matches, if I'm right. There's been two Sagankov penalties and Hamash's goal in Lviv, and that's it. Then yeah. with the Super Cup and the Benfica game thrown in. So it's after it's concerning. After they slipped up, though, they did go mad, didn't they? And they got 11 goals in two games or something like that. So maybe if they lose to Ben Munich, they'll get so angry that they'll score a few goals against Shakhtar the week in the classic. Could well be. I mean, Could sorry, sorry, well but be. Let, me just, let me just interrupt you for a second. What's the last time we've seen down players angry on the pitch? Actually dying for the ball? Uh, probably about 2000, like you were talking about. <laughs> I don't but I, I don't know. They had a couple of big wins, didn't they, after they suffered a loss? So, I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i with the lads, though. I, I can't see Dinamo winning the game, and I think it'll be quite low scoring. I'm going to go 1-0 Shakhtar, I think. There's been a bit of discussion about the, the performances in Europe of Shakhtar, Dinamo, and, and the other teams earlier in the season. But well, the signing of Traore really does sort of, for me, highlight the golfing class between your average run of the mill UPL player and a player. I mean, it was nine goals in 14 games or something like that I've read so far this season. Well, yeah, exactly. He looks he looks fantastic and he does look a cut above hmm. well, any 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 attacking player really in the in the league, I'd have to say. I was I was talking to some people about him today, and it just seems at times that defenders bounce off him when they go to tackle him, and he's he's I, I've not seen such a powerful centre forward since Mbakani, you know, from from a few years back, and it's that that sort of 
impact he's had on me since he's joined. So, you know, I'm quietly confident Shakhtar are going to win that one. Mm. Moving on, though, of course, Inter aren't the only Italians in the, in the country at the moment. <laughs> as, as Andrew mentioned earlier, he's heading off back down, down south or southeast, depending on where your geography is, to Zaporizhia. Um, to see, see Zoria now, sorry, it warmed up for that game with a really impressive victory against Dnipro. I mean, is this the resurgence of Zoria? Have they got over sort of their problems? They've they, they seem to have put in a couple of decent performances recently, guys. Just anyone's any hope there? I mean, after the result against Leicester last season, have they set themselves up or? Again, is it going to be the golfing class that's going to be shown on Thursday night? I think it's a bit early to even to even call back to that Leicester game. We have to remember that the Leicester game was a bit of a dead rubber for Leicester themselves. So it was obviously slightly going to be on the cards for Zodia to pick up an upset when, you know, there's not that much when Leicester had already won the league in their group. Mm-hmm. Sadly... I think Roma are just going to be way too strong. You, I know they lost to Lazio at the weekend, but we've seen Jose Mourinho's side been playing pretty well. Tammy Abraham's in fine form. I can see Mourinho play some a, a mixed team because he knows that probably even his second string side could deal a hand against Zoria, despite their recent form. Yeah, they got a great result against Nipro 1, but Nipro 1 weren't too good. They got had a man sent off. Um, which was like a really dubious second yellow for Kohut. Um, that was just, it was like a, seemed like a bit of a dive slash something from like uh, Alakiara and then, yeah, he got a second yellow and that sort of killed the game a bit. Uh, Kuchadhin, though, back on form, which is always a positive. He does a bit of a goal drought recently. So nice to see that he's on. Buletsa as well, especially ahead of his recall in the Ukraine national team. We'll see what they can do against Roma. At the end of the day, like we say every time, it's the players are in the shop window. If they want to put something in, they've got to buck up in that game. And if they don't, well, that just sort of sums up Zoria's season for the for the time being. Really, really does. You mentioned Kochigin, though, who very nearly got a move to Serie A, didn't he, in the, in the summer? So there certainly will be scouts keeping an eye on that game to see if he's got the potential to go, as his name was bound, bounded about. Coming back, though, to the Dnipro performance, who's concerned about Dovbik at the moment? No goals since August for Dnipro 1. I know he had a couple of games out injured, but he's been called up for the national team sec- sort of second, potentially third choice behind Danny Sikan on the Petrov- Petrakovs. Uh, selection, but real concerns there about his form. Any, I mean, how bad has it got? Players like that, they often go through droughts like that. Um, with better teams in the national, better players in the national team around him, then maybe he can get his form back for the national team at least. Um, I don't really care if he scores for Nipa or not, so to be quite honest. Um, but you know, I think he's just going through a rough patch. I mean, we're talking about. Tammy Abraham, and he's got one goal and one assist, but so, you know, it's not like he's really on great form. He just that his performances have been better. Um, sorry, I'm going, turning it into an Italian chat there for a bit. Sorry, but I was just going back to thinking about Roma because I saw the game against Lazio and how well they played, actually, Roma. So I think it will be really tricky for Zoria. Yeah, but going back to Dovbik, 
I think he's going through a lean spell, but I think he'll be back soon enough. When, when he gets on against one of the weaker teams, gets his confidence back, get a few goals, and I think he'll be there again. And that's... I, 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 I worry about his, you know, his potential. I think Dnipro won't miss the trick in the summer not selling him. Oh, definitely. Because so, I think he'll lose, he's going to lose value as as a player uh, as people yeah. as people scout him a bit more and see him as a you know one of these that hits a streak and then will go seven think, eight games without scoring i think he's one of those types of players isn't he you see so many center forwards who sort of like make their name off a couple of good yeah. performances in a um, tournament and he's usually is those big center forwards and then you know they'll get one in nine and the fans at the new club all backs all Get up and you know it'll all end in tears. We've seen him so many strikers across the play across Europe. So, and I don't think he's any different, really. So, not really concerned. Um, I think some of the national team call-ups have been a little bit odd, and some of the emissions have been a little bit odd anyway. So, but that's probably a conversation for another day. Because <laughs> <laughs> that that's, that's probably <laughs> there's been a lot of weird uh, emissions and call-ups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, Andrew, we're discussing now, obviously, the knee pro, Zoria. Let's chalk Desna, Alexandria, Vorskler in the mix. Is there any team that out of those sort of five in your eyes who have screamed out as third place contenders? Because all of them seem to not want to grab the opportunity by, by the horns in, in my eyes. I think Vodska are probably the better candidates at the moment. They're in a bit of form. Olivia Till looks like to be having the season of his life so far. So that's yeah, I'm glad I got him in my fantasy team. <laughs> so that's <laughs> always that's a positive in that sense. But you worry for any of those really, regardless of them finishing third, whether they could do anything yeah. in Europe if they were put in there. Um, Alexandria have been so-so. I mean, they got that disappointing result last minute loss to Dinamo the other week but you know they're not they're not being playing too bad themselves Disna for me slightly worrying though as we've already mentioned over the past few weeks they've not been getting paid it's it's difficult to predict how that's even going to go. Maybe, you know, it could be a fire sale in the winter or something like that. Who knows? They they could shut down in the winter from, from what my sources are saying. Yeah, really? it, it's not great. Um, and time will tell, but currently I think uh, Vodka have got the most in-depth squad so if they need to bring in someone off the bench, you know, they signed that Rangel guy, the Brazilian. They've got Essaola, who's been demoted to the reserves without having played like a a match for them yet. I don't remember him coming on or anything. No. Um, he was like free scoring in Kazakhstan. And apparently he uh, Maximov really doesn't like him. And I've seen Esola's agent like badmouthing Maximov a lot on his Instagram stories, like almost every day because of the Sola decisions and yeah, it seems like he's frozen out. So, which is disappointing because you'd, you'd think that he'd be one of those key players that'd get a, a certain few goals in the UPL, but maybe we'll have to wait until the winter or whatever, if he moves to a different side or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be a battle between 
all of those sides for third. Completely unpredictable because they're all so inconsistent. It's like the championship. Everyone can beat everyone. Yeah, it's... I mean, Alexandria are the ones that have surprised me, you know. So yeah. Forskler third at the moment, but haven't played Shakhtar or Dynamo yet in the league. Alexandria have played them both, beaten Shakhtar, and they had that sort of close close defeat against Dynamo with the with the last minute penalty. Both of the games were also in Kiev. So uh, thinking back to early seat, you know, our pre-season sort of predictions and everything, we all had Alexandria down in the bottom half and here we are. They're fourth, aren't they, at the moment? Uh, no, fifth at the time. Of fourth, 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 I think. Fourth, fourth. I think Zoria went above them oh, okay. with, with their, their goals at the weekend. It's yeah, not not a bad little performance. Any any of those teams stood out for you as sort of third team, third place contenders? As we discussed before, Adam, I think that most of them just avoiding this spot. You know, it's how this uh, football works. I mean, in particular, European position football from Ukrainian league works in a way that you have to take the spot, you have to get money to pay your players to proceed to qualification. And until you get the money from UEFA for proceeding to qualification from the third place in the league, it takes about six months. And until this six months pass, the team usually doesn't have any money because they don't sell players or they buy more players to do better in the league while they still don't have money. And we know the examples and the exact teams, the names, the matches, the minutes, the, the goals were scored. So it's all rigged. It's all in, comes to a full circle, always, every year. So and for me, it's more, I, I think it's just better to talk about uh, other places rather than third, because <laughs> obviously there is, it's up for grabs and all bets are off. And I mean, uh, the bets are off. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a sad bit. Of course, it's the last year we're going to be discussing this, of course, with, with the return of Yaroslavsky's metalist. Uh, as, as, you know, Andrew, as Andrew said when he was from his game and you know, Neil's mentioned a few times, they're, they're sort of nailed on for third place next season, if, if not higher. Uh, if not, we don't know who we don't know who they're going to sign over the summer. No doubt there'll be ten Brazilians on a plane coming across anyway. Uh, but uh, we, we really, it really is sort of the end of the end of the small team battling for third place this season. Anyway, uh, down at the bottom half, the league's got a bit interesting. Uh, Obviously, Shakhtar are concerned about their reserve team's performances and brought in a couple of new players this week, uh, a Macedonian and a Croat, if my information's correct. Spirovsky scored as well on his debut. Are these guys any... any? I mean, first of all, what's their... Anyone know their background? <laughs> what, what are these guys like? And... Is it going to sort out Marek's problems or are Shakhtar going to be losing their reserve team to the, the Persia next season? Well, I was reading some reports and they've been signed by Dario Serna or something like that. And he's they've come in through that way. 
Well, Stefan Spirovsky is actually a North Macedonian international. So I think he's got like over 60 caps or something. So he's experienced, but he was like playing in Cyprus before. And, you know, that kind of thing. Ferenc Varos, Hapoel Tel Aviv, he seems to be all over the place and in Macedonia. So he's not the highest quality, but maybe for a bottom half UPL side, he can do the job. And he's 31, so not exactly the usual manual pull scheme of how they recruit players. I think he's been brought in because of that reason, because he has got that experience. I think he's actually quite a good player um, from what I've seen of him in sort of some of these minor leagues. But um, they are losing their way a bit with those young lads at Mariupol. So, you know, I I think I think he could be a good signing for them. I hope he isn't a good signing for them, I, but I think he will be. You know, I, I'm still looking behind the shoulders for 1925. I, I see Mariupol as... And Sean Amaris's to those sides that could go down. Hopefully, Sean won't, even though they're Dynamo reserve side. But, you know, Mariupol, I think that Shakhtar will ensure that they don't go down eventually. And this is one of the signings that will help that happen. But, you know. Have you been, have you been surprised, Neil, by the fall off of uh, Mariupol? This oh, season? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because last season, I, I saw, uh, and players that were playing for them last season who are, now, are still there this season. I was quite impressed with, um, but this season they haven't been so sharp, I think, and and their performances have just been dreadful, really, and nothing really too exciting. Um, although, you know, a lot of their performances last year were a bit like Alexandria's this season in that they weren't great, but they knew how to get a result, mm-hmm. whereas this season they seem to have lost the ability to do that, um, which going back to the debate on the top of the league, you know, if it comes to it, you'd rather see Vorstler there because they've got good players who you think would like to show what they can do in Europe, whereas Alexandria is quite boring and Mariupol were quite boring at times last season as well. So Fair cop. Now, two of other teams at the bottom of the league uh, faced off against each other on Sunday afternoon, uh, all the way down in uh, beautiful Ushgarod, where we had a great, great time down there on our road trip. I know, Andrew, you... Caught up, caught up with that game, probably on a train somewhere or in between sleeps or something like that. But uh, Lviv deserved the three points, probably. But this game was mainly the highlights were the two of the goals. So Baidal for Minai got an equaliser, Yaremchuk type finish that he got against Kazakhstan, but on a minimum. It was on a half volley off a chest and then he sort of looped it over the keeper from outside the box. Pretty nice on an angle. And that brought them back in into it. But on the whole, Aviv looked the better team in this one. Dullab's obviously brought in a bit of expertise, probably a bit more discipline than Besmerkny did. He's had a couple of weeks in the job, so seems to be all right. China scored an almost identical goal to the Minai goal. To, to win it and if you haven't seen it I just get the highlights on this one guys it's uh, two perlers overall I think Manai are going to struggle as we've discussed they'll get the odd decent draw they're well organised but for whatever reason they just can't realise enough chances and they've got a lot of inexperience in their team all these youngsters inexperienced UPL players in general probably don't have that much quality either so, yeah, I think it's going to be 
a long season for them. And if Mariupol buck up, then we may as well see where they end up, as we predicted pre-season. Yeah, could could well be, could well be. I mean, as thinking back to the game we saw against Zoria uh, live, although they they picked up the point that day, we you could see clearly that that day there was just a lack of quality uh, and just skill. Just you're talking about the likes of Orskler and the Nipro one with Dovbik and Manai haven't got anybody at that level at all. It's, it's going to be a long road. And yeah, we're talking about Mariupol or John Moretz or the like booking up their ideas, but there's four teams in relegation danger this year with the two playoff spots. And as, as Ray mentioned earlier, I'd like, you know, being impressive in third place, putting pressure on Kruv Bass, Azar, Allianz, whoever falls into those playoff places, I'd like to put it out there that they're going to have very difficult uh, jobs trying to keep their spots in the UPL against the third and fourth place teams in the Persia. Uh, yeah, I this think the season. top six. I think the top six in the Persia look better than the bottom four in the UPL. Really, you know, I mean, Neva as well and Policio. You didn't mention the, the others yeah. we've mentioned, but they also, on their day, look better than teams like Minai, and definitely. FC Lviv, uh, obviously, yeah, the, obviously the two reserve teams that are just packful of kids at the moment as well. As much as I like kids getting a chance, you do have to have one or two people who can teach the kids. Otherwise, they're just running around doing what they want. Uh, you can tell there's a whole bunch of teachers on this podcast as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, moving on, final game of the, the weekend, of course, uh, was was standing out there so with the Dinamo's reserves taking on our good friends from Ingolets and wasn't a classic was it but we did we did get something to note there our, our good friend Mladen took one step closer to breaking the, the Croatian record I know Andrew was diving into the record books earlier did you manage to find out Andrew how close he is to the record now um, I've had a look at a website and I'm not 100% sure whether it's been updated since he scored and I doubt it has that website said he's on 36 Nikola Kalanich is on 37 and Eduardo is on 38 so technically if he scored tonight I think he will be on 37 so he needs just one goal to eclipse it be interesting if he does and fair play to him and then he's got a few more to take over to get the all-time Legionnaire one but I don't think he's he's probably going to get that one because it's Seems pretty high. I think Mladen's enjoying enjoying this season with Inglet, but it may it'll be interesting to see where he is next season. Uh, as I know his game time's been a lot less. It was penalty three minutes from time earned Inglet's a point there today to keep them fifth from bottom and that final sort of spot from 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 the relegation uh, mayhem that we're going to see. It's certainly again. You know, we've just had match day nine. We're going into a third of the season is over, guys. Enjoying it. Before we go, has it been a been a been an enjoyable first third of the season for you, right? Sure. As we were all over it, of course I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, jokes aside, um, yeah, the coverage is better. I would say that last year, uh, footballs are probably more desperate in terms of <laughs> proving their best. For Ukrainian football, after they have some issues with the licenses and uh, so on, 
overall, yeah, I would I would agree with the, the this uh, suggestion that this, the, these are the best years of Ukrainian football, both previous and this uh, this one and the upcoming. So there's plenty to f- look forward for. Neil, you've been en- enjoy enjoying this first third of the season, mate. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, 1925 doing better than expected. Also, you know, no one. Although we've said that we think Shakhtar will win uh, uh, in the next game, that it's not not clear who will win. Shakhtar and Dinamo both look like they'll slip up from time to time, which in previous seasons we've seen one of them never looking like being uh, fallible at all. Uh, so that's that makes it a lot more interesting. Also, as you've said, that you know the fate, the race for third isn't obvious. Usually, you know, recently it's been Zoria. We've always thought. Always look close, and from next season, we expect that Metal is still be in third place. So, a lot to be excited about. And also, you know, we, we've talked about the relegation, and we can't see who's going down. And unlike last year, apart from Metal is going up, it's not clear who will go up with them. Um, Krivy Rig obviously looked great, and it'd be great to have them in the Premier League. But like I said, don't write off Oblon, don't write off. Neither to either, I don't think, at this moment in time. And, yeah, it's been great, really great. Um, good to see, and going further down the leagues, good to see that Carpathy finally seemed to have some form of a <laughs> team rather than the season that the, that incarnation of Carpathy had last season. So a lot to look forward to, I think, for the... Andrew, does it go down in your book as a, as a, as a classic or an enjoyable or a, a poor opening to the season? I think it's been okay. Uh, it's far from a classic yet. Those Dynamo opening matches, as I think Ray mentioned, and yourself, how there's not much goals in them. Not the most entertaining Dynamo have been. And we've seen a few upsets, but those upsets haven't been like iconic. For example, like that Zoria win against Shakhtar where they scored in the last minute last year. And that was like probably one of the best games of UPL football I think I can remember for a number of seasons. Mm. We haven't seen something on that level yet. Hopefully we will get it maybe in the Klasichna. We'll get a decent crowd in and that kind of thing. But you never know. As for... The relegation battle, I'm quite happy that all those sides are down there because looking at them just off the basis, they're all quite poor. And if any of them went, I don't think anyone would really miss them. And the teams we've already spoken about, and Neil's alluded to, any of those big hitters in Persia would be welcome additions to the UPL and sort of bring it back to a classic-looking UPL from the early 2000s, early 2010s as well. Even Niverternopil coming back for the first time since the 90s would be something pretty iconic. It definitely will be, definitely will be. Well, it's been great tonight. Really enjoyed it as always, guys. It's been, been a pleasure. Uh, Neil, thanks for joining us. With it's, thanks so. again for, it's nice to talk Ukrainian football to people because um, obviously I don't get many, <laughs> much chat on about Ukrainian football in Cambridge at work. So oh, I can great. imagine. <laughs> any, any plans to come out to Ukraine in the, in the near future? What else are you going to be up to? Uh, I haven't really got any plans at the moment. Um, 
for fixing this cat up that's <laughs> sat behind me. But um, no, uh, hopefully it'll be over before before the winter break. I'm hoping to get over in the next month or so. So I'll keep you posted anyway and hopefully uh, catch up with you for a game in Kiev. Definitely so, definitely so. For people who are following, if if they want to, to follow you on the social medias, where's where's the best place for them to get you? And I always pills, feel embarrassed. Pills on uh, Harkiv <laughs> Football. I always feel embarrassed about this username, but it's NF Holloway underscore Neil, um, <laughs> uh, and that's a Twitter handle. So, yeah. uh, fantastic! So, look forward look forward to talking again, no doubt, in the yeah, near thanks. future. Ray, great as always. Now, for pe- people who are following me, uh, who are new to the podcast, what do you, uh, do you want to share your socials with them? Thanks, Adam. It's been a pleasure as always. I'm not go going to go that far to show my socials, but I'm just going to mention them. It's Ray Vic on Instagram. <laughs> Andrew, thank thanks for joining us again tonight. It's been great to get your your insight and your knowledge on everything that's going on. I know you're working incredibly hard at the moment, whizzing all over the place. And yeah, we're looking forward to your 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 feedback from Zaporizhia as well next uh, week. And um, for new people to our podcast, if would you like to share your uh, socials for, for people who'd like to follow you? Thanks, guys. Been another enjoyable episode just chatting about Ukrainian football. But yeah, Zorya Londonsk, Instagram and Twitter. And obviously, don't forget about our YouTube channel, Ukraine Plus Football. By the time you are listening to this podcast, there'll be a new episode out from my trip to Krivirich. So enjoy that. There's going to be an exclusive first ever interview with. Kadeem Harris included in that that I got with him post-match and we're also going to have episode two of the road trip coming out by the weekend as well so do look out for that subscribe because it's taken me hours to edit guys so <laughs> I'd like some people to actually watch it and um, yeah we're also going to reveal that there we'll be doing a giveaway so get involved in that when you see that on my socials to thank you oh thanks as always and that's it for today guys and girls at home but till next time take care stay safe and goodbye for now head, 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 head.